world champion kickboxer, pimp, mafia-associated criminal. Surely it can't all be true. Well, it's all true. Few people have become as popular, influential, and seemingly wealthy in such a short space of time as the influencer Andrew Tate. Women are absolutely happy serving a man they respect. They're far more happy with that than they are working some fucking career. In December 2022, Tate was arrested in Romania, accused of rape and of grooming women into working for him as online sex workers. The world is now focused on his upcoming trial. But the one thing no one has figured out is how a failed reality TV contestant became one of the most famous alleged criminals in the world. Surely, he didn't do it alone. For two years, I've been investigating his secretive society, the War Room. The War Room is a whirlpool. Once you're in, you're in, and it's hard to get out. Speaking to women who say they were targeted by this shadowy organization. As soon as I walked in the door, he like pushed me to my knees and like smacked me really hard across the face. And whistleblowers who are now ready to reveal what's really going on. Let's not kid ourselves. This is a cult. Who's in charge of the war room? Could someone else be behind the cult of Andrew Tate? Oh, oh, there he is, there he is, he's right there. I just saw him come out. Dude, just go, just go. I want to ask you a couple questions. So Tate's just released a new video, and based on the influx of Andrew Tate fans in my social media, I'm guessing he mentions me, so let's take a look. We have the DNG on the podcast with us, wearing yes. a DNG t-shirt. You can see it's homeless Matt Shea, who follows us around the world wearing the same clothes every single time, the same jacket. Yeah. And it says DNG on the front. This is so weird. Now, I know you're thinking, this explains what a DNG is, disgraced news gatherer, Deluded narrative generator, discredited news guardian, dork, nerd, geek, DNG, the DNG mache. He's been trolling me ever since last year when I interviewed women who say he sexually assaulted them. The reporting sparked a backlash against Tate that continues to this day. His arms fell off anyway. Piss off with your documentary. Matt, do another documentary. Yeah. Nobody cares, Matt. He has no hands, and I think his arms falling off has just told the whole world that he, he has, has no, no hands. hands. Tate wasn't always like this. He was much more civil to me when I met him previously. Oh, my best friends. Hello, hello. Great to meet you, man. Good to see you. This place is giant. Welcome to Emergency Meeting, episode 13. We have a special guest, Matt Shea who is uh, internationally renowned and respected. When I first met Tate, he was attracting attention for being an overnight success on TikTok. In the space of a month during lockdown, he amassed billions of views and became one of the most searched influencers in the world. I perfected this in pimp school. When I got my PhD, it's bang out the machete, boom in her face, and grip her up by the neck. But shut up, bitch! His messaging at this stage was misogynistic, but many thought it was an act rather than evidence of something genuinely criminal. He successfully monetized his following into millions of pounds by selling courses teaching boys and men how to become like him, surrounded by fast cars and women. At one end of the scale, for 39 pounds a month, you could join his Hustlers University, which promised a path to making money online. Above this were bespoke courses on topics like chess, 197 pounds, developing an iron mind, 
547 pounds, and right at the top, his highest valued product, membership to Andrew Tate's war room. I had a school which primarily taught people how to make money online. Okay. The reason I had that school was so that everybody could afford the war room. The war room is a network I have, which is a level above HU. Mm -hmm. Everything I've talked about with brotherhood and people you can trust and capable people, that's what the war room is. Join the war room and you'll learn and there'll be a, there's a spiritual journey involved as well. So the war room is, is kind of like the Illuminati, but cooler. For any young man or any man who's serious about his journey or serious about himself, it's the most important place you can be. You're gonna learn absolutely everything about the realities of Earth. Tate says the War Room is a network of powerful men and those who want to learn from them. They say it promotes brotherhood and is on a mission to reframe traditional masculinity in a positive way. You can currently join for $8,000 a year, which gets you access to a Telegram group and the option to spend even more money by buying exclusive courses and attending events around the world. The War Room is led by a group of so-called generals. The most famous are his brother Tristan, Sartorial Shooter, his head of security and operations, Jonathan, the money pilot, and Iggy Semmelweis, the mysterious, self-proclaimed wizard. Rumors were circulating about Tate's behavior towards women, and with the war room shrouded in secrecy, I couldn't help but wonder what was really going on inside. What were these generals teaching the men who joined? What did they get for their money? So I went inside the organization, even participating in an initiation ritual that involved a cage fight with a professional MMA fighter. But every time I tried to find out what was really going on, a war room general would stop us from speaking to people. We've been told that we're not allowed to talk to anyone. <laughs> what about in passing, asking people like, what single question? Let me run this by tape before we film. So we can't speak to anyone? Okay. Though Tate and his generals tried their best to keep me out, I felt something more was happening when through a hotel window, I saw a group of men photographing naked women. The online influencer Andrew Tate has been detained in Romania as part of a human trafficking and rape investigation. Police found guns, knives and wads of cash. Mr Tate was arrested, as was his brother Tristan. On the 29th of December, 2022, Tate was arrested by Romanian authorities, accused of manipulating women into webcam sex work. It's alleged that he used the lover boy method as part of his recruitment process. This is a type of grooming in which a person presents themselves as romantically interested in someone, promising them a relationship, but with the sole purpose of manipulating them into sex work. The authorities are focusing their investigation on Andrew Tate and his brother. But what I'm interested in is what's going on at the top level of his organization. What is happening inside the war room? To find out, I've enlisted the help of someone who says he can show me what the organization's real purpose is. So as well as hundreds of thousands of Andrew Tate fans, one of the things that's happening with the internet and Andrew Tate is the rise of these kind of internet sleuths who are just obsessed with investigating Andrew Tate. But the most prolific one by far is a man who goes by the name of Crabcrawler on Twitter. And he has access, he says, to the internal chat logs of Andrew Tate's war room. So we've come to Cleveland to pay him a visit.
Hey there, Matt. Nick, hello. Good to meet you in real life. Yeah. Beautiful day in Cleveland to talk about a serious subject. Crabcrawler developed a platform as a hard-right journalist and blogger where he first encountered Tate, then a rising star of the right who is going by his former kickboxing title, Cobra Tate. So do you consider yourself part of the kind of right wing? Not anymore. So you, this has actually changed your kind of political views, this whole experience? It corrected me back towards the center again. But really rattled me the most was the silence from some right-wing figures that really should have spoken up about this and had their horse in this race. Crabcrawler claims he's now a reformed character and recently was handed a treasure trove, 12,000 pages of encrypted messages sent by hundreds of war members over the course of two years. Now that I have these chat logs, <laughs> these crazy mind-blowing chat logs, I can see how complex this situation really is beyond the surface. So what is the war room? Getting into the war room means you have to buy Andrew Tate's courses. You're basically brought into the school to learn to become like Andrew Tate. And that includes the PhD course of how he lures women into becoming cam girls. The online course that Crabcrawler is referring to is called the PhD or Pimping Hose Degree. It has been removed from Tate's website, but is a required course to join the elites in the war room, costing an additional £337. The PhD is taught by Andrew Tate himself, and in private, behind a paywall, he says it teaches men a method for seducing women into a relationship and then gradually manipulating them into working for you in online sex work. The PhD course is my recruitment system. I don't mention webcam until after I've had sex with the girl. You have to fuck them, and they have to love you. It's, it's, it's essential to the business. The first thing that's clear from looking at these encrypted war room communications is that Tate and the generals are pushing the PhD course to members. Andrew Tate says, you have to add the PhD program to convert girls to work. PhD is essential, essential. Cam course alone won't do it. It's difficult to know when members are simply bragging, but these encrypted messages show the men in the war room feeding back to Tate and the generals how they were putting into action the teachings from the PhD course. They call this showing receipts. Men also brag about their control over women by sharing examples of the punishments they've meted out on them. They're eager to show off to other members when their financial exploitation of women has produced lucrative results. It's a PhD receipt. That's the new whip. That's the whip that my girl bought for me, registered in my name. All possible because of the PhD. 
So Crab Crawler has just handed us almost 12,000 pages of internal Warham Telegram chats. It's gonna take a while to go through, but this is the Warham members talking unfiltered when they don't think anyone's listening in. And from these conversations, it seems pretty clear that the Warham is about a lot more than just positive masculinity. After verifying the authenticity of these messages by speaking to the Warham insider who leaked them to Crabcrawler, we begin to go through them in detail and start to notice something. The person who appears to push the PhD course most frequently to members is the Warham general and self-proclaimed wizard called Iggy Semmelweis. From his messages, manipulating women into sex work seems central to the Warham's agenda. It's well known that Tate himself is under investigation for using the Loverboy method to coerce women into sex work. But the evidence suggests that it isn't just Tate allegedly using this method. The Warham generals are actively teaching it to members, making this potentially much wider than we thought. The court in Romania has agreed to allow the controversial social media influencer Andrew Tate to leave prison and move into house arrest. On March 31st, the Tate brothers win a court appeal to be released under house arrest while the authorities continue their investigation. This means we may have a chance to ask him if he is the leader of a global grooming organization. Freedom at last. <laughs> Andrew, hey. Mr. Honest Journalism. Yeah, that's what I, that's how I like to think of myself. I mean, look, the, the main reason I'm calling is I want to see whether you were up for doing another interview. You do an interview with me, you might have for a little bit, but I can do an interview with anyone. So why would I do an interview with you? Because we have a history, and there are still unanswered questions that I want to put to you. All these reporters who want to say bad things about me, I get to choose which reporter on the planet it's become relevant via proxy because I am the most relevant person and I get to do the charitable act of allowing somebody to sit next to me and ask me questions. I'm going to think about it, Matt, because I'm the one who matters here. But because of our history... Would you, would you bring me a box of chocolates? If you promise to bring me a box of chocolates, that will increase your chances and I'll give you an answer within 24 hours. You have to promise me, Matt. Don't lie to me. I'll, I'll check with my superiors whether I can send you a box of chocolates. You let me know about the chocolates, Matt. Okay, one, one quick thing. Okay. I think he thinks he's even more the Messiah than he was before. He said he was the most relevant person in the world. And then there's this whole power game of having to bring him a box of chocolates. So bizarre. Now I need to find out if I legally can bring him a box of chocolates or whether that's considered bribery. Tate's trolling of me always ramps up when he's under threat. I'm worried he's found out we're investigating the war room. You see, isn't the world 
beautiful. Vice to a hit piece on tape. Tape goes to jail. God releases me. Matt, BBC, whoever, Matrix agent number 399 begs for another interview. It's kind of like I never lose. I really never thought I would meet this man again in my life. Hey, how's it going? Hi. Is Andrew coming out to meet us? Uh, yeah, who are you? Matt, from the BBC. All right, I'm gonna let him know. Okay, great, thank you. Thanks. I guarantee he's gonna film it. And he's gonna put it on Twitter. Good morning. And you want breakfast? Yeah, I'll have breakfast because I've got a very important interview today. Breakfast. A very important interview today with a very uh, renowned, esteemed, well-known journalist yeah. called Matt Shea. He is a dork, a nerd, and a geek. DNG. It's been now 15 minutes. Here he is. Here he is. Please, can I have another interview? Please. Gee! <laughs> Gee! What a door! Trolling the press is Tate's key tactic for fighting back against what he and his fans see as the Matrix, a global conspiracy that aims to silence him. His fans buy into this, sending me scores of death threats ranging from I'm going to wait outside your office and slit your throat to there are individuals who will dismember you in front of your parents. Why is he here? To do it? A battle. What about the most famous man in the world, the most influential man in the world, the world who moved culture, the person who's going to save planet Earth, me? They're literally agents of the Matrix. He's still there. Okay, so I spoke with Andrew, and uh, you either give him the chocolate and you have an interview, or you don't, and you don't have. So where's the chocolate? Where's he? He's inside. Okay, cool. Well, yeah, if he comes out, give him the chocolate first. No, I'm not going to give you the chocolate. If he comes out, I'll give it to him. You're either gonna give me the chocolate, I'm gonna give him the chocolate, you'll have an interview. If not... This is getting quite silly, though. Okay, yeah. Andrew's being accused of some very serious crimes. Yep. He should take this seriously. So, you're gonna be uh, giving me the chocolate. 
No, I told you I would give it to him when he comes out. And I told you that I need the chocolate now. You must realize how silly this looks. See you. You know the worst thing? I don't feel sorry for him. One percent. Neither should anyone else. These are the worst type of people. Matt. Hi, Andrew. No, I don't want to do a quick interview. I want to do an in-depth, detailed interview. My first interview under house arrest is going to be world-breaking. It's going to be massive, perhaps the biggest internet interview of the year, perhaps of the decade. I own the culture, and I want to do it properly. I want to, you to give you the chance to give your side of the story. That's why I'm here. Oh, you're giving me a chance. You're such a nice guy. Because listen, these accusations are coming out regardless. Please, Matthew, you're not giving me a chance. I'm giving you a chance. I've given you a very fair parameter. It's a parameter that you can either adhere to or you can go home and fly home economy on Wizz Air. I don't give a fuck. Up to you. Stop calling me. You know the parameter. You so, so, so that's your response to the accusations? Hmm, okay. With Tate refusing to speak to us, to get any answers about whether the Warham uses the Loverboy method to groom women they want to recruit into webcam, we'll need to speak to those women themselves. Our investigation has found that as of August 2022, there were 434 members of the Warham all around the world. We have identified 45 potential victims who are mentioned in Crabcrawler's chat logs. Though with limited information, the true number is likely much higher. Two of these women have agreed to meet with us, one in Buenos Aires, Argentina, and one on the west coast of the US. To protect this woman's identity, she's going by the alias Amanda. Hi. Hi, Amanda. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good to meet you. Nice to meet you. Welcome. Thanks for letting us in. The man uh, Amanda claims groomed her into online sex work is one of the Warham generals, Jonathan Bow, a.k.a. The Money Pilot, because he's a retired U.S. Air Force pilot and currently works for Delta. I had been chatting uh, with this guy that I met on Tinder, and we had been talking for, like, a couple months about, like, wanting to meet. You know, I was... Uh, 21, um, and, you know, I wasn't making any money. I was young and in a very vulnerable position. I didn't feel like I myself had a lot to offer, so this, like, older guy kind of being into me was attractive. And we met, and we, like, went out on a date. I, I wouldn't really say it was much of a date. He like picked me up and we went to like a hotel room and slept together. Uh, and the next morning he sent me a text. He asked me if I was interested in working with him on webcam. I kind of knew of webcam, but not really. Um, and I instantly was like, no, like, uh, I don't want to do it. I have no interest in this. 
Up until that first mention of webcam, he had portrayed himself as someone who was romantically interested in you? Absolutely, yeah. And in your mind, this was a date, a relationship? Yeah, it was. And I continued seeing this guy, like, uh, we chatted all the time, and he was really sweet and just kind of like a, a nice person to have in my life. And if I would complain about anything in my life, he'd be like, well, I have a solution for you. Thousands of miles away in Buenos Aires, a woman we are calling Maria has a similar story. She met the man who she says groomed her when she was 20. It all started when I matched with a random guy, a cute one on Tinder. He told me, let's go out, let's have dinner. After that, we started seeing each other and it was more serious. He asked me to come live with him for a bit because he wanted to be with me all the time and he missed me a lot. I was like young and I didn't knew or experience something like that before. He was my first boyfriend. At that time I was really in love with this person and it was the first time I ever felt this connection. I remember he saying, you seem like a girl that is going to help me a lot. And he kept repeat, repeating that, like, you're going to help me, you don't know how yet, but you're going to do so, and you're going to be glad that you do it. And then I think one month or maybe two months out of dating, and he asked me, hey, you want to do an elephant? I think at that time in my life, I just wanted like security and someone to be there for me. And here was this guy. And I had some things happen in my life, like I lost my job. And I was like, OK, I think I might like be interested in like webcamming. And do you realize now that that was his intention all along? Yes, yes. Both of these women's alleged groomers used the same method to gradually manipulate them into webcam. It all began with the same question that Tate had asked me. He told me, let's go out, let's have dinner, but remind to bring a chocolate. He also asked me to bring him like a unique kind of chocolate on the date, which was like a bit weird. Asking for chocolate is the first test to see how susceptible a person is to control. Important. I'm telling you, it's a very important element, that control. Because once the money starts pouring in, the girls will be like, well, what the fuck do I need this dude for? And they will leave if you don't have every aspect of control. It was like those guys who make you hypnotize the snakes. Because whatever he said, I will do. I felt like I had no control over my life. He has control of everything, so is it like worth it to leave? I remember not being able to see my friends, not even my family. Like, he was like, you're staying here with me. There's no such thing as a perfect woman. If you want a woman who's perfect for you, you must build her to be perfect for you. He would be like, I have, like, a mission for you. So I have this mission, we have this mission. The mission for today is this. The mission for tomorrow is this. 
He'd asked me to like clean his apartment. Started saying, okay, please clean my house, do my chores. That kind of humbling bullshit, that's what you want. That's what you want. You just have to be like, okay, I need a coffee. Go make me a coffee. I remember him being awake at 6 a.m. He forced me to wake up, make him coffee, and then I could go to sleep again. When I, like, would do well, I was, like, rewarded. Women want attention. You're going to reward them for their good work with attention. Easiest way to give a girl attention is to fuck them. Sex was my reward. He used sex a lot to manipulate me. He would, like, whisper things about, like, money into my ear. He was obsessed with money. If you fucked her, good. Sit down with her and say, look, we're here fucking rich together. The way he approached me with the getting webcam was, you want to make money together, let's do something, it's going to be fun. You make a ton of money, like, we'll do this together. You could not do a business relationship with a female. It doesn't work. That's when the pimping starts. I remember him keeping all the money, not even me giving me one dollar. I'd keep 80% of the money they made. So they basically worked for free. They worked for my love and attention. I was giving 80% away. In total, uh, like $95,000. He kept being with me and controlling me. If I wasn't doing well, things would become more violent. The woman must learn that her man is fucking an iron mountain and the easiest path is to obey. Any other kind of resistance simply doesn't work. Drastic level of violence and submission that I never thought I would be like involved with. There was a night that I had gone over there and as soon as I walked in the door, he like pushed me to my knees and like smacked me really hard across the face. He would like bruise me like pretty badly, kind of marking his territory. And that's why I teach in my courses, yeah, getting the girl, fucking the girl is the first 10% of the game. Having a girl tattoo your name on her is the other 90%. He wanted me to get his name tattoo at all costs. He wanted me to tattoo his name on me. reason I decided to webcam was because I, I liked this guy and I had developed a bit of trust for him. He bombshell me with love and all this cuteness and all this good. And then he was like expecting stuff from me that were like really, really huge. We've now heard some first-hand accounts of what the Warham is really up to, and it appears that this whole thing is way bigger than just Tate. 
It's not just that these women were allegedly groomed into online sex work. It's that the method used to groom them, allegedly, is so strange and so specific that it's clearly something that's been taught to these members. And if you look at the chat room messages, there's one war member who is constantly instructing others on how to use this method and its details. And that's the spiritual leader, Iggy Semmelweis. When I was initiated into the war, Iggy was there. He calls himself the master of spells and shadows and seems to play the role of the Warham's spiritual leader. But he has stayed out of the public eye. The chat logs show us how integral Iggy is to the operation of the Warham. He's the one always talking about missions and Pavlovian conditioning, which is the method you use to train dogs. He also talks about isolating women from their entire support network and emotionally manipulating them into getting tattoos of Warham members' initials on their bodies and ultimately, into sex work. He talks about casting spells and anchoring women's orgasms to the idea of money. I mean, this goes way beyond the video courses. I mean, no one knows what's really going on inside the Warren. But with all this talk of spells and mysticism, it's clearly a lot weirder than I thought. And the internal messages can only tell us so much. But speaking to someone on the inside is very difficult because they have this code of silence. However, We've recently managed to speak to someone who claims to have previously been the head of sales and marketing of the Warren. He's agreed to meet. Hey, Matt. Good to meet you. Thank you for coming all the way out. Eli spent two years as a member of the Warren, working closely with Tate, but recently left after clashing with its leadership. So what first appealed to you about the Warren? I had never really consumed any Manosphere, any like Red Pill stuff online. Other than Tate, really he was the first person that I came across and I watched all of his videos. And I joined the War Room in September 2020. I was one of those vulnerable men that fell to the marketing and I helped propagate that with my sales and marketing efforts on his team, right? So how did you help propagate that? people who would sell the war room. We played into the insecurities of men, meaning that when you saw Tate with Abu Ghraib, for example, or you saw Tate as a four-time kickboxing world champion, he made you believe that that was the ideal that you needed to become in order to get women in your life. When you talk about women, are you talking about just sleeping with women or establishing no, no, no. a relationship Abs with women? Absolutely not. The war room is all about you getting women that serve you in your life, that benefit. What do you serve you? So the Warm has a methodology called the PhD, the Pimping Host Degree. Although it was removed from our website, and although it's no, not no longer officially called that, which is find a woman that's attracted to you, and you know, obviously sleep with her, and eventually you put her through a sort of Pavlovian conditioning where, for her to get your attention, she has to complete tasks, then bigger tasks, then bigger tasks, and eventually her whole world becomes you, and she has nothing else except you, and she completely serves you a little completely. Quote-unquote, you could call it a, a slave. She has to do more things for you, whether it's, you know, wash the dishes, do errands for you, or eventually do OnlyFans webcam, which was encouraged inside of the war room. A lot of people might say that to teach men to coerce and manipulate women, to use Pavlovian conditioning, like you said, into working in the sex trade is immoral and wrong. 
I would ever do it personally. I've never done it personally. But that was a big part of what the Warham did. It was. Do you regret that you played a part in it? I don't regret it. Why would I feel guilty of something that I had no control over? Well, you were part of the marketing team, right? Yeah, absolutely. But during that time, I was brainwashed. All of your friends are inside the war room. All of your connections are inside the war room. All of your knowledge you consume every day is inside of the war room, and they actively encourage you to cut off the surroundings in your real life. And you start cutting off friends. You cut off, you know, old co-workers. And do they encourage that? They encourage you. And actually, let me tell you a very scary thing. The one of the members inside the war room, Iggy, Xianghui, he goes under a few different names, tells you that. Your new brothers inside of the war room are your new life. Everyone else before that, it doesn't matter. We have here the truth of life, and if you want to follow us, you have to quote unquote kill your parents symbolically because they may not agree with the things that you are learning here, but it will impede you from moving forward inside of our organization if you do not kill your parents. And I thought that was a very scary thing, but at the moment, I actually believed it. Believe it or not, I was so brainwashed. The war room and the events—they literally describe it. As a cult, Xiang Hui, Iggy, he basically said, "Let's not kid ourselves. This is a cult." Who's in charge of the war room? Iggy is at the top, yeah. But he definitely, when you spoke to him, he definitely had an agenda. He definitely influenced you in ways that were not of your own thinking. How do you mean? He literally would tell me that I went inside of your brain and I rearranged things. I went in the attic and I started moving the furniture around. Is how he would describe it. So. He was very good at reprogramming brains. And what's his agenda? I couldn't really tell you exactly how what the agenda would be, other than、um, again take over the world. I guess it's very, very grand aspirations. So, according to Eli, the Warham is a cult that, while not all members will act on this, teaches men to groom women and is run by a mysterious man named Iggy Semmelweis. This is the war room of Andrew Tate. And Andrew Tate. Is the secret weapon Iggy uses to market that cult? It works like this: Tate has millions of followers on Twitter and other social media platforms. He uses that following to market his app, The Real World. Two hundred thousand of these followers filter into the app, where they are then sold courses, pushing them to the war room. This final tier consists of hundreds of Tate's most ardent followers. But once they're in, they find not just Tate, but Iggy Semmelweis lying in wait. So who is he? Welcome, my brothers, to the Iron Shadows. It turns out his real name is Miles Sonkin. He was born in Chicago in 1961. His mother was a TV psychic, and he appeared in high school theater productions. He later studied hypnosis and neurolinguistic programming, a method outlined in books like *Frogs into Princes* and *The Structure of Magic*. Based on the unverified belief that you can influence the way a person will act using only your choice of words and tone of speech, Iggy Semmelweis is not his first alias. In the 90s, he lived in Japan as Douglas Hall, the self-proclaimed greatest pickup artist in the world. He sold courses teaching Western men to seduce Japanese women. He appears to have met Tate around 2018. Soon after, Tate starts selling his own courses, and in 2019. The Warum is established. In the Warum's chat logs from 2019, Iggy greets every new member. He sends them a document called the Survival Scrolls, which appears to be a manifesto outlining the Warum's agenda. 
Please read the following books in the exact order they are listed. They build upon each other. The Predatory Female, How to Dump Your Wife, Pimpology, The 48 Laws of the Game. They train you in setting up the female sexual slavery frames. G's are men of purpose, men of will, and men of power that the war room builds. All women are merely dragons chasing them. G's understand this reality and use their power of purpose to bend the dragons to their will and get the dragons giving over their hordes of treasure while never letting the dragons catch them. It's not just about sexual exploitation. This is about financially exploiting women. It's about turning them into slaves that you can profit from. And not just through webcam, through a number of means, it seems. Seek out women with their own businesses, seek out women with family money, seek out women who are willing to give you their paycheck to use as you see fit. See, the crazy thing is, you could be a woman right now who thinks you're in a relationship with a man, but that man is actually a member of the war room and he's using a guide to manipulate you into giving him money. Armed with his real name, we've managed to speak to a family connection of Iggy. So Miles was really he never went to high school. Um, he did shit as much as like, he could, but he was really smart in it. In the 80s, Miles was involved in uh, like a cult or two. One was the Maharishi. The Maharishi's leader believed he was directly spoken to by the gods, and former members have since claimed it was a cult. And the other was the Bhagwan. The Bhagwan, also known as Rajneesh, was another Indian-based meditation cult featured in the Netflix series Wild Wild Country. Its leader faced numerous criminal allegations, including the sexual abuse of his followers. Miles is very paranoid, and he thinks that some bad people are after him, as well as the, you know, the government, like FBI. He said, uh, if I disappear, I was murdered, like he's on edge, hiding from someone. So Iggy was in two alleged cults in the 80s and is now using the image of Andrew Tate to create a cult of his own. Everything we find out about this man is so surreal. And it gets even weirder. Iggy frequently mentions a fantasy novel called The Scarlet Citadel, in which an evil wizard who looks strangely similar to him wears a ring featuring a snake's head of the same kind worn by the senior members of the Warren, including the ones who recruited Amanda and Maria. The wizard trades in girl slaves and is the real power behind the throne of the Cobra King in Koth. So while the authorities in the world's media are looking at the Tate brothers in Romania, this wizard man who appears to have created the cult of Andrew Tate and instructed its members how to groom women is walking free. There's only one thing left to do. Find Iggy. So we've just found an audio file in the chat logs that appears to have Iggy addressing a war room event. So we're going to give it a listen. We're finding ways of making money. Put that money together, get it rolling. Cash, cash, more cash, more cash. Take more money. Take all their energy. Cash is energy because it's currency. It's flowing, keeps flowing, keeps flowing behind scenes. I know men in the war room that are doing 
amazing things that are becoming amazing men, truly amazing men. And you wouldn't even know it from reading the papers or watching the news, but it gives me incredible energy and it gives me incredible hope when I have a chance to meet up with you guys and see you every morning and afternoon and evening in the war room. Whenever I need that energy, I just, it's just a jolt. Just go into the war room and, and drink energy, pure nectar, pure power. It's all great. It's all great. And we've only just begun. It seems like Iggy is in this for something bigger than money or fame. Iggy clearly has a plan for his war members, a plan that involves using them to execute his vision of the world in which women are subjugated into sex slaves and financially abused. But there's one group who are trying to thwart this vision, the Gamma Secret Kings. The Gamma Secret Kings are a group of men who became disenchanted with the online world of masculinity influencers and now devote their time to exposing what they see as scammers, grifters, and false prophets exploiting male insecurity for their own ends. So we've managed to get in touch with a man called E. Scorpio. He's one of the Gamma Secret Kings, and we're gonna give him a call. Hello? Hey. Hello, Mr. Shane. All right, what is your take on the grand scheme of Iggy then? Iggy is not, He's not an appealing man at all, in my opinion. Whereas Tate, you have Tate, who is a, is a, is a you know, a, a, uh, a man who is at the peak of his physical prowess. He's a, he's a you know, uh, an attractive looking man. So why not have that as your, as your, your, your honey to lure in these, these men that are, want to have, that want to be that image themselves. They don't want to be like Iggy. They want to be like Tate. So... Would you say that Iggy's goals are ultimately ideological? I would say yes. I, I believe there is a, a sense of desiring to, to sow some kind of political chaos with the war room. That they're these uh, generals in the culture war. They're very angry. They're very... Uh, they are frustrated with society. And they are very receptive to this idea of you can own women. Are these men true believers in the political sense? I, I would say yes. As if this investigation wasn't strange enough already, we're now on our way to Koreatown, LA to stake out the apartment of a self-proclaimed wizard who is building a cult of abusive and manipulative right-wing warriors who are somehow meant to take over the world. Okay, this is Iggy's road right now. doesn't look like any of the houses here are expensive. For the kind of grand master priest of the war room, you'd expect it to be a little fancier. That's it there. Where? Yeah, Up there on the right. right, those people just came out of it. Kind of nervous, because, you know, what if we actually do find him? <laughs> what is his reaction going to be? Will he cast a spell on us? Right here, yeah. Is this good? Right here?
We're just trying to check if the apartment number we have for Iggy is correct. Our producer Tashi's gonna go though because he recognizes what I look like. He's definitely because I went on to the um, address book on the door. Miles Sonkin, apartment. Oh, nice, okay. I think we wait for a bit. Despite being central to the war, writing its reading list, and helping create its methods for grooming women, Iggy has managed to dodge accountability by remaining in the shadows. But now, for the first time, the master of spells and shadows will at least have to face questions about his role in all of this. Oh, fuck, there he is, there he is, he's right there. I just saw him come out. Okay, put your camera down, put your camera down. He's walking away, he's walking away. Yeah, we need to go park at the end of the road. Matt, let's go. Hi, Iggy Semmelweis. Are you training people in the Warham how to enslave women? Do you run the Warham? We've seen chatroom evidence that you're training men how to enslave women. Do you care to comment on that? It looks like from the evidence that we've seen that you're instructing men how to enslave and manipulate women and coerce them into webcam. You have no comment on that at all? How long are we gonna walk for before you answer me? We thought Iggy would go back inside, jump in a car, or go somewhere where we couldn't follow him, but he appears intent on walking the entire breadth of Koreatown. You have nothing to say to these allegations? Iggy, we've spoken to several women who allege that members of the Warren abused them, coerced them, were physically violent to them. As the grand high priest of the Warren, don't you have anything to say about that? You don't teach men how to get women to fall in love with them, sleep with them, and then coerce them into webcam. You've used the exact phrase, female sexual slavery. What does that mean? What is it that you saw in Andrew that made you think he was the perfect person to front this whole operation. Are you not worried about these allegations? You have nothing to say? You don't want to defend yourself against these allegations at all? Well, it looks like Iggy Samwise, AKA Miles Sonkin, doesn't want to talk to us at all. Bothering you. We're journalists from the BBC. We're actually investigating this man for running a uh, what appears to be an organization that uh, teaches men how to coerce women. Yeah, for real. No, I, I got that vibe. He comes here a lot. Does he come here a lot? Yeah, and you got the vibe. Is he always bringing different women? Yeah, I thought he was a pimp. You thought he was a pimp? Yeah, but he did tell me to tell you guys to stop harassing him. Okay. I gotta go back in there and. You know, yeah, of course. Thanks for talking to us. Yeah, yeah. Have a good one. Right. 
We've, we've given a chance to Iggy to respond to the very serious allegations that people are making to him, including those of multiple women who accuse him of running an organization that trained men how to coerce them, manipulate them. And some of these men, they say, also physically abused them. We've given him a chance to respond. He has nothing to say. Matt, I think Iggy just tweeted about you. About me? <laughs> Matt A. Shea and his cameraman show up uninvited at my home, follow me for half an hour as I walk, ask me silly questions, but never offer me a box of chocolates, so I say nothing. Now Matt will never know who the real mastermind of the warum is. Matt fucked up again. I mean, it's pretty obvious it's you. <laughs> Who's the real mastermind of the warum? Every single time someone buys a DMG t-shirt, Matt Shea gets an email to his personal email address, letting him know that a DMG shirt has been purchased and someone is walking around in the world with a picture of him being homeless on a t-shirt. By now, the Warham is clearly aware of our film, and they ramp up attempts to discredit us before its release. He's obviously working on some new film piece, and he thinks, oh, finally, I'm going to get Andrew Tate back with my new hit piece full of lies. But when he releases it, everyone's just going to call him a DNG and ask him for chocolates. These people are worse than disingenuous. They are worse than simply liars. They are evil. OK, he's dead. Is there he, he dead? Is there. He's on the desk. There he is. We're back with breaking news out of Romania, where disgraced influencer Andrew Tate has been indicted. The charges include rape, human trafficking, and forming an organized crime group. On June 20th, the Romanian authorities announced that Andrew and Tristan Tate are to be formally charged and are due to appear in court. If the judges decide to keep them in jail until trial, this may be our last chance to ask them anything. So I'm back in Bucharest. Andrew, I see that you are officially indicted. Okay, one police, okay. police. Okay, we just want to ask oh, some questions to Andrew. No, no we've seen internal no. chat logs from your it the Warren's Telegram group. No, that demonstrate that the Warren. What's that? Do you have my chocolate? Do you have my chocolate? Uh, I'm asking you about the internal chat logs that demonstrate that the warum is actually a society that trains men how to groom women. Chocolates? You must realize how silly that question sounds alongside my question, which is about human trafficking. Okay. 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 Even since Tate has faced allegations of human trafficking, Iggy and the War Room have been using his image to market themselves to young men and boys all across the world. Throughout Tate's house arrest, fans have shown up to visit him. Guys, you're not going to believe where I'm at right now. I'm outside Andrew Tate's house. What do you think about when Andrew says that all these attacks and accusations against him are part of a matrix attack? It's 100% true, man. If 
hypothetically, there was evidence presented that led to a conviction for some of these crimes, would that all still be yeah. a matrix attack? Of course. Yes. Yeah. Let's say someone had video evidence of him, him committing these crimes. Would that also be part of the matrix attack? Depends. Depends if it was staged. Depends if it was real. No one would know. No one would know. No one would know. What threshold of evidence would you accept that he that, has committed these that crimes? That Andrew Tate said that he was guilty himself. Anything besides that, I, I would question it. Wow. So th that, that's an incredible amount of power for one person to have over your mind, right? Every single one of us, to some degree, is an empty vessel. We're all programmed. There's no such thing as escaping the slave mind. You must just, to some degree, understand who is programming you and understand if you really want those characteristics. Have you heard of Andrew Tate's war room? Yes. Yeah, I have. It, would you consider joining? 100%, yeah. A recent survey suggests that 52% of males between the ages of 16 and 17 in the UK have a positive view of Andrew Tate, with only 19% having a negative view. And we're more likely to have heard of him than the Prime Minister Rishi Sunak. This hasn't happened by accident. The strategy is basically to show an aspirational lifestyle and to market that. You see this guy that in your head can get the best girls, then you think, okay, let's follow and let's listen to what he has to say. I just How many people are working on this? I'd say a few dozens. We have a PR campaign team. where We go and we see all medias, whether positive or negative, that mentions Tate. We will send people, again, very real looking, Twitter, Instagram, whatever, social media accounts, and they go and they comment on your posts, on your posts. They go and they call you DNG. They go and they, they try to counter your narrative. So are they real people or bots? Or? They're, they're partly, partly real people, partly bots, very, very highly trained. We have shifted our marketing in previous years, past years, to obviously, as you've seen, you keep one element the same, which was his aspirational lifestyle, cars, the, the money, you know, the fighting. Remove the woman, replace it with uh, Islam. By the way, he's not a true Muslim. Replace it with uh, positivity, replace it with perhaps a picture of him and his brother's daughter and stuff like that with charity work that he's doing now to slowly but surely shift the narrative away from his previous image into something new. After Tate's arrest, his marketing team have done everything they can to present him as a religious family man. But they can't erase what he's done with the war, nor his life as a self-confessed webcam pimp. I have a unique resume. World champion kickboxer, pimp, Mafia-associated criminal. Like, I've got all this stuff, and it was like, who is this dude? Like, surely it can't all be true. I'm like, it's all true. Mr. Tate, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, man. How you doing? Yeah, good. Here for the filming. In 2016, before Iggy met Tate, long before the war room and with his kickboxing career coming to an end, Tate was building his webcam business in the UK. To try to remain in the public eye, he was cultivating an image as a pimp online. Oh, a big banner saying, any women who think Andrew's amazing want a free life and just come along for the ride, inbox him now. But they've got to be hot. Make it, make it something just like fit bitches apply here. Put an email address. Edit it up. Don't just make it's this... bitches apply here. Yeah, but in a more, you know, likable way. Be beautiful young ladies apply here or something. And, and, and we need like a montage of like 
to Aston, you do like some slow shots on the outside and fucking let everyone know how much it costs and I had to look cool and you'll put some gangster music over it or some shit. It's not just gonna be just, it's gotta be something good. Even back then, he was thinking about how to achieve his dream of viral fame. This led him to appear on the reality show, Big Brother. I don't care if nobody down there likes me. Everyone's already pre-decided they don't like me and that's fine. So I know I'm the most intelligent person in this house and I'm the most capable person in this house. Fact. Tate was kicked out after six days when the production company was made aware of an investigation into him for the alleged rape of two women and physical abuse of another. Four years later, the Crown Prosecution Service chose not to charge him because they felt a conviction was unlikely. Due to events in the outside world, Andrew has had to leave the Big Brother house. Tate's decision to go on one of the biggest reality TV shows in the country while under police investigation was an early indication that he would let nothing stand in the way of his insatiable desire for fame. And that he not only felt impervious to allegations of rape, but could in fact incorporate misogyny into his brand. All of which made him the ideal frontman for Iggy's cult of financially and sexually abusing women. Today, the three women involved in the allegations that led to Tate being ejected from Big Brother are now meeting with the UK authorities in an attempt to reopen the police's case against him. I think all the girls here in the UK deserve justice and it needs to send out a message that you can't get away with this. Whereas right now, I believe it's sending the opposite, that you can get away with doing anything you want to a woman and there's no repercussions. His fans can say what they want. They've never met him. They don't know the truth. They've never been behind closed doors at that time. They don't know what a monster he is and what us girls do. And there's still, I'm going to say, hundreds of women that have experienced awful things from the hands of that man. Hopefully, they'll be justice. These women were the first alleged victims of Tate, whose method of coercive control was then packaged and sold around the world. If you've bought this course, which you obviously have, congratulations, you're going to change your life for the better. I know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm fucking certified. I want to get to an update on a story that we have been following closely here as social media personality Andrew Tate has been charged in Romania with rape, human trafficking, and forming a criminal gang to exploit women. It's now up to the Romanian courts to decide if and when this trial will take place. On the 21st of June, Tate was formally charged with human trafficking and rape. But we still have questions about the warrant, and having to attend court means Tate won't be able to hide behind his gates. Is the warrant an international grooming cult, Andrew? Because I've spoken to three women now who say that it is. I've spoken chocolates? to three Do you women. Have chocolates? That's a, I've spoken to three women who say that they've been trained by senior members of the war room to groom them and abuse them. So is, so is the war room an international grooming cult of some kind? Tate has managed to appeal to millions of young men by exploiting their insecurities. Once in his orbit, these same young men are encouraged to buy more and more courses where their final destination is a cult that teaches men how to turn women into slaves. What we've discovered is Iggy took Tate's misogynistic persona 
and used it to create a global network with scores of potential victims. Tate's fame is being used to sell a method of abuse to men around the world, but with his fans now numbering in the tens of millions, how many of them will this message appeal to?